This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Living in New York, which means it's either 90 degrees or 30 degrees in the same week. Eureka! This year, Christmas will be ours! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that believes life's no fun without a good scare. I'm Zach. And I'm depressed. Yeah, again. <laughs> yep, you didn't like this one. Nope. And today we are here to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, my first time actually watching it. Yeah, you you've never, never fully seen it. seen it. Um, I did know that at the end at the end of the movie, I watched it with so my girl. I watched it with my girlfriend and mm-hmm. her entire family, and everybody was actually very excited to watch it. Mm-hmm. She got her little nephew, and he's like, "I love this movie. I love this movie." And Jess is like, "It's a classic. I can't believe that you've never seen this." Her sister is like, "You know, yeah, I haven't watched it in a really really long time. I remember really liking it. Let, let's all watch it." We, we watched it, yeah. and everybody was like, thank God that's over. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Literally. Except for, their, uh, except for her nephew. Yeah. He, he, he still likes it. But everybody was like, wow, that, uh, that's not as good as we remember. And I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's not as good as I, – I, I can't believe <laughs> – I cannot This believe, is not as good as I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't believe that this movie is like considered a classic and is at like the status that it is mm-hmm. when it comes to Halloween slash Christmas films. I because I don't like, really think it's that good of a movie. I almost feel like it's almost a nostalgia thing. I guess that's kind of maybe where it sits. Mm-hmm. I find myself – and although Tim Burton didn't even make this movie, nor did he write it, he just con- he didn't write it. He didn't direct it. He produced it. Yeah. But he, I guess he just kind of like conceived the idea of it. Like, hey, like I've come up with some of these characters and a general like, this is kind of what happens. And then he gave it to whoever the hell he gave it to. Well, he had like a interesting idea of like how he came up with the idea of the movie, which was like he would go into stores and like see all the Halloween stuff. And then as soon as Halloween was over, he would see them like literally take down all the Halloween shit and then just put up Christmas and was like, that's a weird transition. Yeah. I want to make a movie about that. And I have my, I have my quarrels with this movie. Oh, Uh, I I can see, um, I can see it in your face. Before we get into it, Zach, give us the rundown and then I'll give us the rundown and then we can run down the rundown. Okay. So it was actually written by Tim Burton. I don't think he did write it. No, he he wrote it. He With wrote who else? Just him. I, I I'm gonna double. I'm gonna fact check you. <laughs> you're gonna backtrack. So while you're doing that, so Nightmare Before Christmas came out in 1993. Screenplay by by Caroline Thompson. Fuck you. Okay, so he wrote some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's got his name on it. Fuck it. <laughs> it's like his biggest fucking movie, but it's the only movie that he has that doesn't have Johnny Depp or his wife. Yeah. So. Nightmare Before Christmas came out in 1993. It was directed by Henry Selick, who is actually kind of like the unsung hero of Tim Burton. Like, he's always cast in his shadow, but Henry Selick usually does a lot of the shit for Tim Burton. Mm. So you have Danny Elfman, who is the singing actor for Jack. Which is a very odd... Right? Like, why do you need to... Like, just get an actor who can sing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, most Disney movies do that. Yeah. Um, you have Chris Sarandon, who plays Jack, like actually Jack. You have Catherine O'Hara, who plays Sally. You have Edward Ivory, who plays Santa. You have Ken Page, who plays Oogie Boogie, the main villain. And then Tim Burton's in this because he plays Zero, the dog. Yeah. I don't know why you had to get him to just bark. Just but bark a few times. Yeah, but fuck it, right? Uh, Christmas. And <laughs> if you don't know, because I actually didn't really know what this movie was about, mm-hmm. um... This is a film about the concept of this movie is actually kind of cool, mm-hmm. and it's that there are separate towns or worlds that only celebrate pretty much like one holiday. Mm-hmm. 
So in the world that we are brought into, which is Halloween Town, they pretty much base their entire year around Halloween. So once Halloween happens, it's like a big celebration for them. But then the rest of the year is preparing for the following Halloween. Mm -hmm. And i.e. Christmas Town would be only Christmas is celebrated. And the rest of the year is, is like preparation for Christmas and so on and so forth with all these holidays. And you have Jack Skellington, who is the Pumpkin King, which never really is established other than he, in the beginning, he's just wearing a pumpkin head and then just never comes back again. Well, it's a weird democracy because he's the king, but then you also have a mayor. Right. an elected mayor. Who's like very much just like a pushover. Yeah. And I guess bipolar because two faces and... Yeah, like a lot of the actual creatures, like how they look and everything like that are really cool to me just because it's like, look at this different style of everything and you can kind of tell like, you know, what they were going for with how they look. Yeah. Um, And basically the movie is about Jack Skellington falling into the Christmas world, finding out what Christmas is and then trying to bring that to the Halloween world because he's kind of like bored with Halloween at this point. Yeah. And that's kind of the premise of the film, even though that's not really the premise of the film <laughs> as well, because it didn't... I don't know. Like, I don't know if I missed something. There is a continuity error with this film, I believe. Okay. Like, at least in my eyes, where, like like you said, the whole idea is Jack's bored of Halloween, so he wants to bring Christmas over. But then you add in, like, all the shit with Oogie Boogie, and then him trying to, like, just completely take over Christmas, which kind of makes him the villain, but, like, he's a yeah, so you have, hero. Yeah, so you have the boogeyman who is barely an antagonist like the most shoehorned in antagonist like (laughs) he may have a grand total of like seven minutes on screen Mm -hmm. and he comes in literally right at the end yeah and then is just trying to kill sarah and santa yeah and you're just like oh sally sally and santa and you're just like uh okay i guess Mm -hmm. this is the antagonist and then he dies like he's he is literally like introduced and then killed off all within like one scene it's just like what like (laughs) but he's cool he's kind of cool i I like his song i I, I, all right oh yes (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i guess my like one of the issues that i had over the many is that um the plot didn't really... So, first off, it mm-hmm. takes forever to actually... This movie is only an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And it feels like a two-hour-long film. Yeah. Because, for some reason, it takes 45 minutes for there to even be a plot that is established. And I don't know if you even realize that. But I, did. I I was, like, watching this, and I, like, I like uh, pressed the, um, like the pause button mm-hmm. on, on the screen to see how much time was left. And there was, like, a half hour left. And I'm like... What is this movie about, Jess? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, well, Jack Skellington is gonna like bring Christmas over to there. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> none of that has happened yet. Like, it doesn't even happen until they kidnap Santa, and yeah. like, that's also really weird for me because the whole idea I thought was to him for him to bring Christmas to the Halloween world, but then he just leaves the Halloween world and then goes to the Christmas Christmas world and then becomes Santa. Yeah. Because at that point, he's like, well, let me just take over. It's it's just like an odd... I don't so, know. It's so just Santa's weird. supposed to be the pumpkin king now. Exactly. exactly <laughs> yeah. It's just like really weird. Yeah. I don't know. It just it just didn't like flow like as like a, a plot. It just didn't... For me, it was just like, I don't understand what the hell is going on now. I'm, I'm a little confused on what the point of, of kid... Because Jack, Jack is like, hey, get Santa Claus, bring him here. Mm-hmm. 
but like be don't be cruel to him like you know like be but nice they bring or whatever a bunch of shit to like torture yeah him. and they like torture his ass and then and it's a straight up kidnapping mm-hmm. and then Liam Neeson shows up no uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a particular set of skills <laughs> um you have like you know he they they kidnap him and then it's just like oh we're just gonna kill him here instead and I don't know it was just so strange yeah and then Oogie um, Boogie is like scared of Jack yeah, because again, like he's the he's weakest antagonist in all of film history. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that now, but I mean, like, yes, because Jack is kind of like the be all end all, and like even so early on when he's doing like his song about like when he's up on like the weird spiral hill because that's what Tim Burton really loves is like spirals. Okay. Um, he he's talking about like you know he's known between like London and France and like he's been talked about for eons. So like there. Almost trying to, like, implant, even though it's a kid's movie, they're trying to implant that, like, you know, he is this, like, great mythical creature. Kind of like Krampus from my last pick. Yeah. Where it's, like, this creature from, like, eons and, like, evil and, like, revered. Mm-hmm. But they don't go fully into it. No, not And, at I mean, all. it's a kid's movie. So it like, is a kid's film, so I guess there's that. But they do have some really kind of, like, horrific things in here. Like, specifically the tree with, like, the skeletons, like, hung from him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every time I watch this movie, I see that, and I'm like, who who got this in here and was like, no, nah, <laughs> how, how is this cool approved? For, yeah, like, how is yeah. this okay for kids? It's definitely, uh, there are some, like, creepy aspects, like, that are genuinely kind of, like, gross and, mm-hmm. like, oh, these characters look actually pretty terrifying. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, my, my biggest praise to this film that I actually did like... Mm-hmm is the world that was built yeah. for Halloween. Because you don't really get too much of the world of Christmas. He kind of just shows up there and then leaves. But the the actual Christmas world, mm-hmm. I thought, is really cool. Like, And there's a lot of like p- attention to detail yeah. that I really did appreciate where like, they're like, oh, Jack is gone. Like, sound the ho- like, or you know, like, um, sound the horn. sound the horns, and then they just like crank like a traditional like black cat, and yeah. the cat it's just like that, like kind of like classic meow. And I was like, all right, that's like pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of like the little details and the intricacies of like all the characters. I thought were pretty cool. Like the mayor, I thought had like a cool thing where it's got like the like the two personalities and like one is kind of like really happy and the other was pretty like depressed and sad. Yeah, I like the doctor too. Like his his whole thing. Like obviously he's supposed to be Doctor Frankenstein, right? Yeah. And like you have Igor, which like I fucking like in this movie. I always wait for like Igor's part. He's just like master. Yeah. The plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's done throughout the rest for of the, the rest movie. of the movie. But like, which it, go ahead. It's a cool like little nod to actual Doctor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. And like you said too, like the world building is always like my biggest praise for this. The claymation is pretty cool. It it's hold up so long. I I really do believe that like this really does hold up as a claymation film, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with like newer stuff out now, like Coraline and like was the two strings. I forgot what exactly it was. Kubo, Kubo and the two strings. Yeah, yeah. Um, That was a really cool one with claymation. But this one always just like holds up. And this was growing up the only claymation movie that didn't like unsettle me as a kid, which is weird because it's pretty unsettling. Yeah, (laughs) I mean like. Because Henry Selleck also did James and the Giant Peach. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, I love that movie. I used to love that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. That one, that one freaked really you out. Really freaked me Why? out. Like, the Spider Man. Yeah, the Spider is definitely. I actually, man, that's a throwback mm-hmm. because I watched <laughs> this on Disney Plus, and they had James and the Giant Peach there, and I yeah. was like, now that 
<laughs> no, that's a claymation movie. That's a fucking classic. Like I don't, I haven't seen that film since I was probably like ten. Mm-hmm. But I used to love that movie. I couldn't tell you now if that movie holds up for anything. I but I could f- tell you that at at when I was a kid, I fucking loved that movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie is definitely not in that status for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the claymation, obviously, like is the biggest thing that I have going for it. Um, the voice actors do a pretty good job. Like I, I thought, Catherine O'Hara did an awful job as Sally. Sally eh. I thought I was like, I looked over to Jess and I was like, please look up the actress for this because it is terrible. And she's like, it's <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, and I was like, what? Like Catherine O'Hara is like a really good actress. Yeah, and I don't know. I I was just like, this is really not good. Mm-hmm. That Jack was. Also, I found kind of a, like, like he's like just so sad and like. I think what I think what put me off the most mm-hmm. was his voice from oh, like really? the way that he looks, and then he's just got like this, like this kind of just normal, just like, hey guys, what's going on? And, just, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, very good impression. I was like, this is the uh, this is the voice of of Jack Skellington. It's so, mm-hmm. and then you can you can tell that the voice of the guy who is just doing. The, the talking yeah. and then the voice of the guy who was doing the singing are very different. Yeah, you can you can definitely tell, especially too like when they split them up and like he starts to like sing talk. Yeah, you can and then go into singing. You yeah. can definitely tell. It's just like not. Yeah, this is clearly different. Two different actors. Yeah, Ken Page though like did a really good job like with Oogie Boogie. Like I really think that like for him like that kind of bluesy almost yeah. voice. Immediately I was like I was I looked at Jess and I was like it's pretty cool that Boogie's black. <laughs> like you could just tell like you're like that's definitely just a black dude doing the voice mm-hmm. and he's got so much like soul in there and yeah. I'm like this is this is actually pretty good. Well that's why like I love his song because it's like it's so bluesy. Yeah, and, like, it's old so school, different like, than everybody else. Music like it's so cool. Yeah, I def I definitely did appreciate him the most, but. I'm surprised that you like this film as much as you do because you don't really traditionally like musicals. I don't. And this usually. movie is a hundred percent like a musical. You can you you almost can't go more than like five sentences five sentences without breaking out into a song. Yeah. And it's like, and you, the one thing that I will say is actually kind of interesting about this movie is that they use the songs to drive the plot. Because mm-hmm. like normally, look, I am not a super well-versed person when it comes to musicals. I wouldn't say that they are my go-to. I know The Sound of Music, mm-hmm. La La Land, Les Mis, yeah. uh, the other Tim Burton one, Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd yeah. you know, and now this movie, and Grease. Like, those are like, <laughs> you know, like, those are like my, the movie, like, the musicals that I know of. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess High School Musical, technically. Man. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, like in most musicals when the characters break out into song it's mostly like about like what they're currently feeling mm-hmm. you know what i mean like they they normally like kind of just go into like this little ballad by themselves or whatever it is if they're sad and then like they'll kind of just express how they feel during the song and then and then they go forward with the with the movie and this movie if you like don't pay attention to the songs you actually miss like key points of the story mm-hmm. like you wouldn't know that jack is is going is being like upset and depressed about doing like the same thing over and over again every year if you don't listen to his intro song yeah and it's like i thought that that's actually kind of like a little bit of a unique way of doing a musical because it's very rare that you that, that you do have a musical at least to my knowledge where you're actually driving the plot forward and and and, and doing like character development via song yeah 
So it sounds like you do actually like this. No, movie. I don't like this movie at all. <laughs> but I do, I do, I did think that that was kind of like an interesting little thing that I that I did notice. But yeah. I mean, there's so much music in this movie, and mm-hmm. I honestly didn't really like a lot of it. And a lot of it is Jack. Like I think literally just like two songs are without Jack. Yeah, everything is pretty much you know around Jack. But like, there is nothing about this film that I was like blown away this by? Is, yeah, like, this is, like, incredible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of, like, my biggest disappointment because although I don't find Tim Burton films usually, like, my favorite, mm-hmm. I don't really love a lot of his stuff. I like, like, Edward Scissorhands and fucking... Ed uh, Wood. And what? Ed Wood. No, Edward, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ed Wood is another... Oh, is it? I don't, yeah. I don't know that. He also did, um... He did Planet of the Apes, too, which was not a good one. I didn't see that. Yeah, that one wasn't good. Um, and... Uh, what what call it? Sweeney Todd, I think, yeah. is okay. Uh, this movie for me was just like, all right, like you didn't, I don't know, like nothing was groundbreaking for me in this movie, and maybe it was groundbreaking at the time that this film came out, but I don't think that like anything that happens in this film is like like hasn't been done now and hasn't been done better. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I get it because like again, this came out in 1993 where like. Stop motion animation wasn't, like, the biggest thing going. Like, you had stuff like, you know, James and the Giant Peach beforehand, but, I mean, it's kind of like a distant memory to us now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when this came out, I think it was just, like, this crazy blend where the biggest thing that it had going for it, much like Krampus, is that it blended so well between a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie mm. that it's... In my eyes, at least, it's become, like, one of the only films where it's, like, it has, like, it's a double-edged sword where you can actually watch it, like, on Halloween, and it's a Halloween movie, and you actually can watch it during Christmas time, and it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Like, it just has that longevity to it to, like, expand between three months besides other films where it's really just, like, hey, this is for this specific Right, holiday. this is a horror film, this is for Halloween, or this is a Christmas movie, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get that, I guess. There is, I guess there is some type of, I guess, what I, I don't know, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird film for me, man. Like, yeah. I didn't, I just didn't find myself, like, enjoying it that much. And I, fi- and I did find it kind of weird that, like, my girlfriend, who was like, no, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. And then her mom's like, yeah, I remember really liking it. And then we all watch it. And they're like, you know what? That actually really wasn't that good. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. But y'all, you, you are the ones who like told me that it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> and like even they were just like, nah, it's not that good. It's kind of hard like at this point with us like breaking down films. Because like I watched this a couple of weeks back with my fiance Jess. And like we just kind of like we're just watching it and like scrolling through As, our phone. Yeah. And like it in that sense, like it's fun because it's like it's always something that we kind of look forward to. Mm-hmm. And then while it's on, it's just on. And, like, we know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But, like, breaking it down, it's a little bit harder because it's, like, okay, you notice, like, some of the continuity errors. You notice, like, you know, how characters aren't fully flushed out. Yeah. Like, Sally's story. Sally is, like, such, like, a random, like, you get love like, interest that, like, de- like what's the point of her? Yeah, like, you, you get a lot of time with her. But I feel like you don't get a lot of her story. Like, she was made by the doctor to basically be his bride, but she doesn't want to be it and then just keeps, like, running off. She just keeps poisoning him. But he's so okay, kind of, with, like, just mundanely, like, locking her up, knowing that she can take herself apart. Yeah. And it's like, why not, like, just let her go at this point. It's really weird that uh, he ends up, like, just dating himself. Yeah. At the end. 
Was? He just like makes himself. I, I think that's like a narcissism thing of like a doctor. Yeah, I guess. Like, ah, it, like look at my work. I've created people. The perfect, <laughs> perfect woman. But it's also me. But it's me. <laughs> I am like I also was kind of like I want to know a little bit more about like the other worlds like it's thanksgiving yeah. world just like literally like hey let's all just eat yeah and like saint patrick's day world is just like hey oh, let's, no, <laughs> let's just get drug and f- fight snakes yeah i don't know i just mentioned that immediately because i thought that like when when jack stumbles upon the the circle of trees that all lead to the different worlds jess was like i wonder what all those other worlds are like mm-hmm. and i was like well We'll never find we'll out. We'll never find out, and they're not like anything because they don't exist. But Valentine's Day world is just a giant orgy. I th- I did think though <laughs> that that's actually pretty funny. Stuff. Uh, I did think though that like when the kids kidnapped the Easter Bunny, yeah, and then they brought him there, and the bunny gets like all freaked out and scared, and then Jack is like, "I'm sorry, sir. Like, <laughs> we will bring you back like it's nice like, and safely." This is just a bunny. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think that like there could be something in the idea of like exploring those other worlds maybe a little bit and well they were gonna do like a sequel to it but tim burton was like no we're not doing a sequel because like he's like this one sucked anyway <laughs> well, no he was like what are we gonna do we're gonna do christmas again or we're gonna do thanksgiving world or like stuff like that and yeah. it's like do is it really as potent and just just was like i wonder what thanksgiving world is like and i was like it's probably just the native americans but I don't know. It's it's fine. The movie's fine, I yeah. guess. I think it's definitely more aimed towards kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think that as as, as an, an adult, adult, I don't feel like and especially watching it watching it for the first time if you don't have that nostalgia lens through mm-hmm. it and you're like, "Oh, I grew up on this film. Like it's it's a classic for me." Like if you're just watching it for the first time via like me, eh. yeah. I that's why like as I've watched it beforehand like as a kid and like I've grown up with this the nostalgia effect definitely is there, but I can at least point out that, like, hey, this doesn't make sense as an adult now. Yeah. So, I mean, in the end, I give it six toads breath. <laughs> six <laughs> toads and a half. Toads breath is pretty funny. Six and a half toads breath, actually. Uh, it's Yeah, it's fine, I yeah. guess. I don't know. It, it, I, I, I understand, though, that it, it feels like a film that does kind of bring families together yeah. to watch during the holidays. Um. So and and I do think that it sits in a unique sp- space where it can be watched on Halloween and or on Christmas and be enjoyed equally if you like the film. Yeah. So I guess for that it's kind of cool, but I don't know. It was pretty much it was a pretty big miss for me <laughs> overall. Yeah. But I, the world I knew was cool. going into this that it was going to be, but like this comes out on Christmas, so like or Christmas Eve, so oh, okay. you yeah. like it's the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Pretty good timing. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's uh, there's that. So, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. You know what else brings families together, Frank? Incest. Punk music. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I've re-listened to it, like, a couple of times, like, just because it has such, a, like, a unique sound to it. So, punk music really didn't take off like a lot of people thought like in late 80s early 90s mm. um and obviously like you know there is the british scene where that was like the biggest incorporation to it are you are you gonna recommend the beatles no i'm not gonna recommend <laughs> the beatles um i am going to recommend however sex pistols oh, okay yeah so very unique to me just because sex pistols only had one album yep and that is, never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols. Yep. And 
while listening to it, while I do think, like, there... Because there's ten songs in total. Like, I, I do believe that, like, there are a lot of songs on the album that kind of sound very similar. Yeah. And part of that is, like, punk music as a whole. Like, there is a lot of relatability with all of the punk music songs. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what set Sex Pistols apart is the fact that they only had one album before Johnny Rotten died. Yep. And they've still been able to be, like, one of the most well-known punk bands. Yeah. Like, they have that longevity. And it makes me think, like, what could have happened, like, had they put out more stuff. Yeah. But, like, obviously, you know, like, Anarchy in the UK, like, that's a huge one. Yep. Um, God Save the Queen is, like, probably their most well-known song. Mm -hmm. And there's actually, like, a whole conspiracy theory about that song just because please it w- entice me <laughs> it wasn't supposed to like top the charts in the uk because it's talking about how bad the queen is at her job yeah so the fact that it did top number one in the uk was kind of like this weird conspiracy theory i'm not gonna go into it because like you know i'm gonna derail myself but um it was very interesting and it just adds like another layer to the sex pistols on top of being like what punk really is yeah so, never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols, is what cool. I recommend. Sweet. Frank, what are we doing next? Ooh, Zachary. I guess uh, starting the, st- the new year, or getting very close to the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that we are officially out of my least fa- favorite segment of our <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, this actually isn't trending that well for us. Like, <laughs> I've, I've been looking at, like, the statics and the statistics, and, like, yeah. a lot of people are kind of just like, eh, yeah. about, like holiday stuff so i mean let us know like maybe next year we won't do as many (laughs) um but that being said i am very excited to be doing going back to the beginning of Mm -hmm. one of my favorite directors careers uh that is of course quentin tarantino Mm -hmm. but we've already done reservoir dogs Mm -hmm. and we've done that review and everybody's done that review so Mm -hmm. reservoir dogs you know it's great whatever it is but instead of doing his first feature, I thought it would be fun to do his first screenplay that he's ever wrote. Ah, much like Ari Aster. Yes. Okay. And that will be True Romance. Nice. I have never seen it all the way through. I'm very... But that means you haven't seen it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, very excited to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen True Romance, I highly, highly encourage you to, to find it. Um, I'm sure you can find it on like Amazon Prime or something. And again, Tarantino did not direct it. He did write it, though. And mm-hmm. it is filled to the brim with just Tarantino. And you could just see so much of him in it. Um, so very excited to talk about that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, nice work, Bone Daddy. <laughs>